Hello, hello, y'all. Hey, it's me, Robin. And before we get into today's episode, I'm here to let you know that the club is open right now for new members. I'm going to take a couple minutes to fill you in on all that the club is offering right now. So if you know for sure you're not interested in joining the club, you're just going to want to hit the forward button a few times until you hear that baffling behavior show jingle. Okay, so the club is a virtual community for families of kids with vulnerable nervous systems and big baffling behaviors. Many families in the club are parenting kids with a history of complex trauma, but definitely not all. Some are parenting kids with vulnerabilities that emerge from their neurotype or their sensory system or their giftedness or their neuroimmune disorder. And of course, some have no idea why their child's nervous system is so vulnerable. The primary purpose of the club and why I've created it the way that I have is connection and co-regulation. Because when I reflect back on my time as a therapist, it wasn't the skills and strategies and tools and techniques I taught parents that mattered the most. What mattered most was how connection and co-regulation strengthened their owl brain so that they could stay more regulated in the face of the chaos in their home. Then they could, number one, actually use the tools, and number two, start to feel a little bit better even before the tools started to work. The club can be accessed online both through your browser on your computer and through an app. And it's open, of course, 24-7. There's a very active forum, a huge video library, and multiple live events every month. Sometimes I teach a masterclass on a specific topic. Sometimes we come together for group coaching or just to ask questions and pick, pick my brain. We have two sessions every month called Connect and Co-Regulates, and those are designed to offer exactly that. There's no teaching, no coaching, just a place for you to be seen and heard by people who get it. Currently, we are also offering once a month bonus sessions for siblings of dysregulated kids. The club is intended to be kind of like a buffet. There is a ton in it, not because you're supposed to do everything in the club. You take what you need when you need it and come back when you're ready for more. If you could use a little extra support, consider joining us. You can read all about all the details over at robingobel.com slash the club. I'll put a link in the show notes And we're open today until the end of the day, Friday, May 3rd. All right, y'all, here's that episode you're waiting for. Hello, hello. I'm Robin Goble, and this is the Parenting After Trauma podcast, where I'll be taking the science of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human and translating all of that for parents of children who have experienced trauma. This podcast was created to get you free easily accessible support as fast as possible. So each episode is the audio from my weekly Facebook lives with no fancy or time-consuming editing. Check the show notes for any links, downloads, or resources I mention. Thanks for inviting me onto your journey. I hope you enjoy. 
In today's episode, I'm joined by guest Anne Heffron. Anne is a writing coach, adopted person, and author of the book, You Don't Look Adopted. Anne is actually my writing coach. We've known each other through the adoption community for years, but only connected personally a year ago. I'd say that we instantly adored each other, but I think the truth is that it took some time to feel vulnerable enough with each other to instantly adore each other. Anne is just a delight. I hope you love her as much as I do. Enjoy. We wanted to come to Facebook today and talk about this idea of how do we get more comfortable saying the unsayable? Um, and you know, this is this idea that it's really funny, Anne, cause I, I look back and notice the parallels in a way of our work that saying, figuring out how to say the unsayable and in the office, I used to talk a lot about like making the implicit explicit or making the insides and the outsides match, like being able to use our words on the outside to talk about what was actually happening on the inside, right? Is this overarching piece of the therapeutic work that I was Mm -hmm. continually doing with the kids and families in my office. I think it's been such a huge part of my own therapeutic work. And then you and I joined up, you know, almost a whole year ago now, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about that it's been a whole year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm watching it unfold in this whole new way through the writing, right? And how you have been such an enormous part in me trying to do this next piece of the story and getting the story out and ultimately, right? Like figuring out how to say the Mm -hmm. unsayable Mm -hmm. um, and what the power that there is in that. Um, And then specifically, I think for adoptive families, Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. do we get more comfortable? How do we get more comfortable saying the unsayable and why does it matter? So let's start there. Why do you think it matters? Why does it matter? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, even backing it up a step and and to define what the unsayable is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what that, like, what comes up for you when we say that? Well, I think it's a a body sense, Uh you know, it's like, it's something that I carry inside of me. And so that if you and I are talking, it's almost that there's a wall between us. And I've only become hyper conscious of the wall because I'm, I was so used to living a secretive life that that seemed like a safe way to live. Uh But now what I'm seeing is what I thought was safety, you know, the walls, the things that I wasn't saying, you know, for example, you know, if you're my parent, it would might be, um, I don't feel safe with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm scared. Do we have any money? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like how, how come you don't ask me if I need new shoes? Mm-hmm. Um, how come you're always worried about your weight? Does that mean that you're worried about my weight? If mm-hmm. you don't think you're okay, how can I be okay? And yeah. I feel like the unsayable are, are things that truly you don't think you can say. Right. And so that doesn't even feel like, like the sayable part doesn't make s- I remember going to family counseling and there was no way I was going to say this stuff. Right. 
because I would have died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my I parents mean, would have seen that. Yeah, to show people the truth when you've yeah. been living what's not the truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what do you like, can, do you have any thoughts about what could have made that be different? Like how, how could the idea of saying these things or saying what couldn't be said, how could it have been an option that didn't feel like it was going to lead to death and like self-annihilation? Yeah. yeah, I'm actually super clear on that because I could see that there were times I would have liked to have shared with my mom because uh-huh. I would have liked to have really, really connected with her. Like I ached to connect with her. And there's two incidences in particular that I've written about before, but they're, and maybe I'll do them with my daughter just so I can like, experience mm-hmm. them. But one was, I want, I wish that my mom and I had sat down at, at a table and either did a collage or some sort of drawing, imagining what my birth mom or first mom had looked like. Mm-hmm. Like that we had just had, like, she wouldn't even have to say a lot. Right. It would just be a, cr- creating a container of space right. for me to be curious with her in that space right and the other is I wish that when I was smaller but not that small Mm -hmm. like maybe eight Mm -hmm. she would have held me and we could have both cried about the fact that I was both her daughter and not her daughter and and like somehow and I don't need to her have said a whole lot more just to acknowledge that that happened and I think that um it's it's that the paradox of of living of being able to live with two things and not having people try to resolve it right yeah that feels like it's the linchpin in a way that in order to even imagine this idea of saying what can't be said is figuring out how to have two completely like opposing contradictory experiences and have them not mean anything about the other. Like they just get to be both totally true, even though they seem like they couldn't possibly be true at the same time. Right. Right, Exactly. And not having some, and I think a, a, a clue that you have an idea that is something unsayable is that you actually don't know how you would say it like language fails you so you feel like even if I tried to tell this to you you wouldn't understand right and so with with writing I'm big on lists like on like not worrying if a sentence makes sense because if you're going to say something that feels unsayable it means it's outside of what's normal Right. And so language might not, the language that we have might not serve you. Right. Right. So draw pictures like right. it requires patience of the other person to, to bear witness as you, as you try to articulate. Yes. Um, yeah. But just because you can't make a complete sentence doesn't mean it's, it's not a good thought. <laughs> well, not, not only does it not mean it's not a good thought, but in a way it doesn't mean that it's, I think I love what you said, like it's a clue and it also doesn't mean that it 
it isn't sayable. It's just that maybe it's sayable without in a different way than with words. Like even your example of, of what if we had sat down and made a collage, right. And how taking something that felt unsayable and saying it, it just, it doesn't have to be with words, right. That the collage is, is the saying. Um, And even the like being held, like, I wish we could have just both, you know, held each other in this space of, you know, like for your mom, like, like you're my daughter, but, but not. And like, do you, do you think that she could ever even had the, like that level of honesty with herself? No, no. Yeah. So then of course, holding that truth with you was, uh, you know, that was like literally impossible. Right. And so, yeah. yeah, And, and so if she can't fully accept who I am, then how could, how, how could I, but you know, yeah. Right. But I think even, you, you know, like even if we had made a pie together and not said anything about anything, but, but if she had really worked to be fully present, right that would have been an amazing experience. Right. And I realize I don't do that for my daughter that well. I wanted to pause the episode real quick and read you this testimonial from one club member. This person writes in, the club has been life-changing for me. For me, feeling alone in the stress and the overwhelm of parenting a child with complex trauma has been traumatic. Here in the club, we are finding healing for ourselves by feeling seen and heard and validated, even though we may have come here for our children's healing. Oh, y'all, that is exactly what I'm trying to do in the club to create a space that's for you that also brings healing to your kids. So the club's open for new members until April 28th. We'd love to have you. RobinGobel.com slash the club. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I I mean, I think a lot of people and especially those of us who do this for a living in a way like help people with presence right like you and I both do that uh, is is help people be more present for themselves and then part of our work involves like being really present for them right probably all of us could you know be really honest and say like there's a lot of room for improvement in doing that with the people that matter most yeah right like for me, yeah. my husband and my own son. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's I hard. Think that it's, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that my daughter needs my words, but it occurred to me the other day, like it really occurred to me. She needs me to listen yeah. even when she's not talking. So if I fill the space between us with my words, cause I'm nervous cause she's not talking. It, it allows her even less to talk. So maybe I yeah. could just even listen to her silence. Yeah. Yeah, and and our and our own. Yes. Right. That. Yeah. I know. I could definitely say I don't. As much as I think I'm, you know, wildly introspective and spend a lot of time, yeah. ex, you know, that 
true, that true quietness and presence of yeah. listening uh, and really offering that to ourselves yeah. is probably something we could do a lot more often than we do. Well, I, I imagined uh, in, in the Flourish class the other day, we were talking about something like this. And, and I imagined that I was thinking, why, why do I have, why do I surround myself with noise when it doesn't even look like I am? Like, uh-huh. like my yeah. head starts counting or it does something. Yep. And I realized that when you've had some kind of vital break with your mother, you know, even if you were separated at birth or if your mother wasn't able to connect with you, what I imagine is like there was a moment of silence like you know that you know like in a car crash like right before it happens like everything slows down and and I imagine that in my brain silence is terror right because silence means something really really bad is going to happen but but silence is also that's when you can gather your thoughts and that's when you can figure out that's when you can most exist so I've been really working on feeling okay with with silence and and this idea of saying the unsayable I think that's where you find that's where you find the words is in the silence and even if you just let it be one word yeah like you and I in our last conversation we kind of said the unsayable to each other Mm -hmm. we were talking about a conversation and and so I think that leads to the why, like, uh-huh. why would you want to say the unsayable? Yep. And I don't know about you, but I feel more connected to you after we talked about something that normal people don't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So not only is that totally true, but also yeah. more connected, more connected to myself. Mm-hmm. And even though like, it wasn't this mind blowing conversation of this, like, Oh, I've never thought of it this way before. It wasn't that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, yes. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I think about mm-hmm. that all the time. It mm-hmm. still had this new way mm-hmm. it, it like sunk in, right? Like mm-hmm. it was like one more puzzle piece that found mm-hmm. itself that didn't really even know it was looking. Um, and so just one new layer of, of, of yeah I want to say like connection to self and some and almost like yeah. a new piece of wholeness that got yeah. like like uh-uh, yeah. right it feels so good <laughs> to feel seen right yes. like if I say that thing and you say oh yes and then you feel like oh oh yeah I'm not and I am not like a, a fish in my own fishbowl just right. banging into the glass right not only that but it's I'm, I'm not all alone. I'm not the only one who's had this experience and I'm with somebody. And when I think about kids, especially and go like thinking about how do we do this inside our families, but I'm with somebody who is brave enough to just go mm-hmm. head on mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. show me with their bigness, because I'm small, mm-hmm. that it's not that scary. That's not that scary. And together, scary things are a little bit less scary and we can figure them out and there's another side to it, right? It's not always only scary. Yeah. Um, Yes. And And then scary becomes, if you introduce curiosity to scary. Yeah, right. Then you have adventure. Right. Right. At least not time. (laughs) (laughs) Or both. I mean, both are good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's an element of play, 
that comes in. Yeah. Right. And all the goodness that happens when we introduce play and delight and yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you, cause I feel like the, 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 the core problem with, um, saying the unsayable is the feeling of sa- of safety that if you do it you're gonna not be safe and that you're gonna lose your family you're gonna lose your friends you're gonna you know how do we create a container for people like a basic understanding that you're actually not safe when you don't speak you're when you don't say the unsayable you're living in polluted water right and it's it is actually it is actually better yeah. Are those your chickens? <laughs> yes, those are the chickens. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they get raucous sometimes. Maybe somebody laid an egg. They get raucous about that. Who knew? Well, I have no idea. Yeah. There's like a little party that they yeah, all have. Because it, well, it hurts. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. My husband said it's also a way that they're talking to each other so the one laying can find the flock again. I don't know. Oh, he might have made. Whoa. He totally might have made that up. So I have no if idea I lay if that's an egg, true. Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to make noises so you'll know? So wait, if I so lay we can an egg, find each other again. Yes. I, yes, I will. I will. Well, Absolutely. Hey, maybe this is lay, laying the unlayable. <laughs> I don't remember what you said now, and it was really important. Yes. Yeah, so okay. So yes, you said. I remember now the safety that there's, I think both again, here we are back in like the both are true pieces and that it, it, when it comes right down to it, it's like the unsayable thing is happening. We might as well, like we might as well just acknowledge it. It's not like we're creating something that isn't happening already. And so in a way you're absolutely right. Like there's, it creates more safety. But I also yeah. think that there is, it is very true that for some people, it isn't safe, right? right. To say, like, right. safe meaning this relationship could fall apart, right? right? That we've all kind right. of mutually agreed to this um, way of being in relationship with each other, which is that we don't right. say what's there. You know, whether that be with our kids or our partners or our friends or our parents or what, you know, there's like this mutually agreed upon contract. Like we just don't talk about it. And there is risk in a way of saying what feels unsayable. Um, So I think just acknowledging that that's true, right? And that's a decision that you make, right? It's like, do I want to live sort of like an animal in a zoo where the cage keeps me safe? which actually right. like those animals are safe. They get yeah. fed. And I don't mean that you're an animal. If you do yeah. that, I just mean like for some people right. or, or do I, you know, Joseph Campbell, he said, follow your bliss, but he didn't, he didn't say have your bliss. He said, follow it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this work is, it's, it's a decision. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. That. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it's a decision that I want to acknowledge is really hard, is really brave, yeah. and also yeah. it's already happening. So let's just jump yes. in. Um, yeah. Let's just jump in and do it. And our kid, like our kids, really, really need us to. Yeah. Um, and you know, well, so you know that like there's been a lot going on in my personal family here yeah. lately, and yeah. a lot of people who know just a, enough have asked 
what does your son know? Like that's a, yeah. been a really common question. You know, what does your son know? And he's 14. So he's big. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, he knows everything. <laughs> like, first right. of all, he lives here. And right. so it's really not something like it's happening here in his house, in his family. So he knows right. all, he knows it. And then absolutely we're giving a ton yeah. of language to it and we're talking yeah. about it and we're sitting down and we're being explaining and we're yeah. being really curious about what his experience is and what are you noticing? Um, but it has been fascinating to note, to wow. notice that that's a question that a lot of people are asking. What does your son wow. know? He knows everything. And you know, when you, and when you say that, what I picture is that, I mean, it's just maybe terrible, but I just picture like potential <laughs> cancer cells that are in all your bodies get free. Because I feel like when you hold these things inside, yes. like the, the why of saying the unstable is to get is to get the blockages which turn yeah. into illness yeah. out of your oh, body. Yes. Yeah. And and if and if it's in your body, your children right. f- feel it also. Like right. it's it the cost is so high. Of, yes. You're not doing anyone a favor by keeping it inside. No, it, the stress you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. there's research that supports this. Like yeah. the stress. Yeah on our bodies when right. we're living in this what what's happening is we're living in this kind of chronic chronic state of inauthenticity right right internal inauthenticity which yeah. our brains are registering as a threat so mm-hmm. we land ourselves in this place of being in and chronic mild or more than mild fight yeah. flight so now we've got you know our hpa access our like everything yeah everything that's hard yeah. is happening and, and if you're and if you're a kid and you're getting it because your parents carry that stress yeah and then you start carrying their stress then you think something's wrong with you you because yes. no one's given you language right. and it's it's detrimental to your entire life I mean yeah. it's, it's so crazy to me now that I'm not afraid to say things that I used to be yeah <laughs> Yeah. And I've told you before, like, that is something I, that's probably one of the reasons I've been so like drawn to you is for the most part, like my experience of you is that you aren't afraid to say, say things like you say things no. and put them out there and then kind of later go, huh. I wonder. <laughs> and, but I, and but probably I do sometimes of... it's not great. Right. But right, oh well, right. We, we yeah, still, you, mean, you're still alive. Right. Yeah. There's so, people that don't talk to me anymore, Yeah, but but I feel like what I, the things that I said, you know, yeah. they come from my heart. Yeah. And, and if people can't tolerate them, then yeah. that's f- super fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't have to sort of try to balance my heart. Right. Like that, the health of who I, of, of who right. I am because of other right. people's ability to, to, to tolerate what I feel is my truth. Your so, truth, right? Yeah. So turning yeah. towards yourself. Yeah. Saying like, this is my truth in this moment. Yeah. But you know, I was reading this book on gardening and you know, like there's some plants you just don't garden together, Uh you know, like, and I, of course I already Uh forgot what they are, but like, you don't put something with tomatoes because they don't do well. It doesn't mean tomatoes are bad or, you know, like it just put them in a different pot. They just can't be together. (laughs) No, but they can all thrive. Yeah. I like, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, yes, we do. We have a ton to, I mean, we always have a lot to talk yeah, about, right? I know. But yeah. we are also yeah. getting together starting this Thursday, right? 
Yes. Gosh, the last couple of weeks have been a blur. Yeah. So this Thursday, you yeah. and I are starting our story under the story series. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Super excited. So I'm basically taking the write or die that the class that I help that I use to help people figure out uh-huh. what it is they have to say, who are they, who's their uh-huh. audience, and what's getting in their way, and then we're yep. gonna work at it for the whole triad. Yes. So we have opened this class up. It's a 60 class and we are inviting um, everybody touched by adoption. So adoptive parents, adopted people, and first families, birth families, families who have lost kids to adoption are all invited to take this six week course where we're hoping it will be just one more step in everybody's journey, which is never ending of really connecting to our own stories. Um, And for me, who works primarily with parents, thinking about how impactful this can be for for parents. And when we come into like contact and connection and compassion, curiosity with our own story that's just right underneath, how much space we open up for our kids. Yeah. Like for our, for us to see our kids story under yeah. their story, and then for them to see themselves too, and to feel yeah. like, okay. Yeah. With It's super exciting. Yeah. yeah. If I could have done this with my mom, I would give anything to go back in time and do this yeah. with her. Yeah. And there you have it. Anne was wonderful, right? Check out her blog at anneheffron.com. Thanks for tuning in. If you're loving this no fuss, no frills podcast, please share with other parents and professionals who are looking for support and caring for kids with a history of complex trauma. See you next time. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. But also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory 
so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash being with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you could get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you could just head to my website download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now and I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.